Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeatGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeatGeek.com and use promo code SideRetiredPod in all capitals for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including the NFL and NHL. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for today's edition of Side Retired Podcast. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It is Dylan joined alongside Jack and Harry. As always, it is the eve of Thanksgiving, November 23rd. And well, we're going to be talking some baseball. I know everyone's going to be thinking about the NFL, NHL, but today the Hall of Fame ballot was released for the 2023 official election. You'll start to hear some rumblings about that. But today's episode, we're going to solely focus on the newcomers to the ballot I think what we're going to eventually see, it's a pretty weak class of players. Of course, in December, closer to the actual Hall of Fame election, we'll have part two of this episode where we'll talk about the returning players, as well as the four of us. James will be on for that episode as well. We'll give our actual 10-person or less Hall of Fame bout. But Jack, I'll throw it over for you first. How you doing? Thanksgiving Eve Eve. Uh, I think it's one of the you know national homecoming weeks of the year. College people return to their high school friends, high school friends, middle school, etc. Um, very fun time of the year. It seems some people are going to the Christmas mode. Some people are going to the baseball offseason mode. Um, the Angel, the Angels heading into full swing, trading for Hunter Renfro. So it seems like that's hopefully going to be a domino effect. But I doubt it really has any, you know, consequential, you know, influence over the rest of the teams. I think it's more so us being delusional, desperate for moves, crying out, begging for any kind of baseball-related news. As you mentioned, it's dominated by football, but this week we did get some huge news coming up for the latest additions to the MLB Hall of Fame ballot. So something to be stoked about there. And while you mentioned is a lackluster class, hopefully we'll dive in and see if there's any worthy candidates. And of course, you mentioned homecomings happening this weekend. Mr. Aaron Judge did land in San Francisco earlier today on Tuesday when we were recording this. He met with the San Francisco Giants reportedly. So that'll be a fun concept that we will definitely discuss as the offseason continues. But Harry, I'm going to list off the name of 14, I believe that's the correct number, new candidates for the Hall of Fame 2023 class. And let us know if there's anyone that you would like to talk about first, any guy that sticks out. You have pitchers, including Bronson Arroyo. Matt Kane, R.A. Dickey, John Lackey, Houston Street, Jared Weaver, and Francisco Rodriguez. And the hitters are Carlos Beltran, Jacoby Ellsbury, Andre Ethier, J.J. Hardy, Mike Napoli, Johnny Peralta, and Jason Worth. So quite the underwhelming newcomer ballot, to say the very least. I mean, you could legitimately make a case that none of these guys deserve a shot. I think at the end of the day, Carlos Beltran is probably the most likely one to get nominated or inducted into the Hall of Fame. But I'd like to shine a light on a guy who probably won't get in, but I think deserves to be recognized and is one of the more forgotten names of the early 2010s and mid-2010s. And that's Mike Napoli, one of the best offensive hitting catchers we've had in a decent amount of time. Uh, capped off with an electric nuclear 2011 campaign with a 178 WRC plus at a 4.3 to uh, fan war. He wasn't the best defender and never really showed to have a particularly strong glove. 
However, he was a menace with the bat on a level that most others at his position weren't. And I think that he's somebody that has been completely forgotten in the current day, but was really at his best, one of the best offensive players, not only at the catcher position, but arguably in the entire league. Jack, anyone on this ballot that stands out to you? I think the name has to be Carlos Beltran, as you mentioned. You know, a very noteworthy career that's got drawn recent light due to his ability to legally, quote unquote, steal signs, which was, you know, hindered and used by the Houston Astros in 2017 as he took part in their sign, sign stealing scandal. But nonetheless, he still had a very potent bat throughout the entirety of his career. Uh, got off to a slow start, but by 824 through the end, he went through the Royals, Cardinals, Mets, Yankees at the end with the Rangers. And then at the very, very end, the Houston Astros, where he got his World Series championship. Beltron was a catalyst to the lineups, uh, certainly a plus bat and outfield defender. Someone who now, you know, he he owns the broadcast. So well, there is that, which probably not adding to his Hall of Fame resume that way. Nonetheless, Beltron is certainly by far, as Harry mentioned, the most worthy recipient of the Hall of Fame, uh, a Hall of Fame award, Hall of Fame induction on anyone on this list. So he would get my vote. I don't think there's anyone else. But as you, as Harry mentioned, you know, Napoli currently not the anonymously there, but a rather lackluster ballot. Hopefully I'm praying that someone, some of the worthy candidates go to a previous episode to hear about some of those guys from the, you know, the senior veterans committee end up getting on to fill up a, a rather underwhelming hall of fame weekend. And of course, as Jack just alluded to, there is the other ballot that is going to be considering the players that have impacted the league from 1980 to 2000. This include the likes of Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Kurt Schilling, and Don Mattingly. There's eight total on that ballot. You can check out our instant reaction to it in a couple episodes below this one. You should be able to see all our analysis there. I think what the key is about this, and we market ourselves as a young analytical podcast, this is the first class, maybe a little bit last year because we remembered David Ortiz, but this is the first full class, I think it's safe to say, where we vividly remember each of these players playing in the league, impacting our team, their peaks were probably the first peaks that we remember. I know, Jack, one of those players is Jacoby Ellsbury, who you as a Yankee fan vividly remember, torturing you as a Red Sox and then torturing you in an almost complete opposite way as a Yankee. For me, it's similar. R.A. Dickey, his Cy Young season was one of the first seasons I remember. He got 20 wins as a knuckleballer, a very interesting candidate. I don't think either of those guys are going to be Hall of Famers, let alone even get 5% to remain on the ballot. Francisco Rodriguez is another candidate where great all-time saves guy compiled a lot of numbers. He had that one season. I believe he saved, I want to say it's 60 plus games in a season. I will double check that number. 62 saves, which led the league that season. But again, I think in Jack, you'll agree with me this one if you want to. If Billy Wagner's not in the Hall of Fame, neither of Houston Street or Francisco Rodriguez is even sniffing the Hall of Fame. I don't know if there's anything you want to say on that topic. Yeah, I guess people will point to his career 286 ERA. The war is certainly underwhelming, which is pretty standard for any reliever, which, you know, I think people would kind of abandon that argument for, especially because relievers in the Hall of Fame has become a more recent trend. And I, I'm guessing while he is the greatest, Mariano Rivera should start some kind of, you know, uh, moving the ball towards more relievers being inducted. But I think K-Rod is someone who de- certainly deserves some noteworthy attention, some fantastic MLB seasons throughout the entirety of his career. Um, he'll most go down, you know, for the the total saves, especially at the end where he had, you know, multiple, I believe he had five or six 40 save seasons, the one 60, 62 save season, 
So those will certainly be noteworthy, but I believe the saves kind of lost relevance in the game today. I'll close it. You know, Edwin Diaz, if it had a fantastic year, I don't think anyone was mentioning his save total once they're, you know, his electric stuff, his, you know, his ERA and his unhittable sinker fastball slider. It's, it's that's kind of a new way and new nuance is what's been the focus. So not really like the save of, all right, you're given a lead, you're expect, you're rewarded for holding it. K-Rod nonetheless had a very solid MLB career, 3-3 FIP, 3-3 FIP. You know, the, as I mentioned, the war kind of lackluster. But nonetheless, if there are some relievers, and you told me I had to fill out 10 guys from this Island of Misfit Toys ballot, K-Rod would probably get one of my votes. But, you know, in terms of keeping the prestige of the Hall of Fame, I think he's one of those guys who you tip your cap saying very solid career, Hall of Fame worthy. I think you're you're on the outside looking in. And of course, the 2024 class, I know we're looking way ahead now, but this is a pretty stacked class of, I think, at least two Hall of Famers. You've Adrian Beltre, you've Joe Maurer, you've Chase Utley, you've David Wright, Jose Reyes, Bartolo Colon, Matt Holiday, Jose Bautista, and Adrian Gonzalez. Again, a lot of really solid players. I think each of those guys has at least a shot to do the 5% remain on the ballot, but this year's class, and we can quickly run through this. Tell me if there's any guy not that's going to get in, but that you think even is going to get 5% of the ballot out of any of these guys, Bronson Arroyo, Matt Kane, R.A. Dickey, Jacoby Ellsbury, Andre Ethier, J.J. Hardy, Mike Napoli, Johnny Peralta, Houston Street, Jared Weaver, Jason Worth, John Lackey, and I think the two guys that we think will actually get there are Francisco Rodriguez and Carlos Beltran. Beltran's an interesting case because I know, Harry, you did mention the whole cheating scandal. But looking at the numbers alone, a 70 war puts him in the top 10 for center fielders of all time. He has won three gold gloves. He's won the rookie of the year, a nine-time all-star, two-time silver slugger. He has both the accolades that old writers like, as well as the advanced analytics of a good defender, good war, good sort of. I don't know what you call them, metric statistics, that type of thing, that both types of writers would tend to elect Carlos Beltran. I think the two things that hurt him, the cheating scandal, and he's also not going to, Jack, I know you're going to hate me for saying this, Hall of Famers usually get teams to rally behind them. As Larry Walker continued on with his age, the Rockies fan base was pushing out that Larry Walker's a Hall of Famer, and people rallied around that. If Carlos Beltran enters the Hall of Fame, this is the good question that we can end up on, what hat is he even wearing? Is it the Mets? Which like, he has some shaky history there. Mets fans kind of didn't like him at the end. We thought we rallied peace by making him our manager and we fired him two months later. Is he a Royal? You could argue he spent the most time there, but he also had better numbers with the Mets by far. And every other team from the Yankees, the Cardinals, the Astros, the Rangers, and the Giants, he spent less than three full seasons on each of those teams combined. So Jack will go to you first, and then Harry will go to you second. If Carlos Beltran makes the Hall of Fame, he's wearing a what hat? I think it has to be Mets. I think he's kind of branded himself with this kind of New York identity, which seems, you know, contrary to what his career ended with. As you mentioned, you know, the Yankees traded into the Rangers, and then he signed with the other Texas team, the Astros, won a World Series there. Still, he's recently, he did broadcast game for the Yankees this past year. I know he's been doing stuff in the booth for SMY. And as you mentioned, you know, his numbers with the Mets, his best, you know, three, four, five offensive seasons all came in Queens. So, you know, to discount that and, you know, in terms of leaving a legacy, I understand like, you know, the strikeout looking is definitely a very, very poor memory. And, uh, and the series is certainly a very, very poor memory 
MS fans' minds, and you could speak to it more than I about, you know, kind of the distaste at the end of the career. But I think there is has been peace made. I think, you know, the blowback from any cheating scandal from Mets fans, personally, probably is rather non-existent now. Um, I think most people, especially those like such as the Mets, who are not affected by the cheating scandal have, have moved on. And if you're going by Gibraltar's way, it's not, I don't think it's, you know, a uh, situation where he's going to be like, oh, yeah, um, no, no team. You know, we saw, we've seen that with a couple of guys recently. I think that, you know, the Mets numbers stand out particularly. And it's for me, it would either be hit them or the Royals in terms of time. And, you know, the young, young Beltran who really did, had only had like one, you know, his only the final season in Kansas City was the one that was especially noteworthy. So, you know, to, to discount, you know, value more so the Mets career, despite, you know, those tarnishes. And even though if they're not going to rally behind them like they did with Larry Walker, the superior numbers speak for themselves. How are your thoughts? I would also say if I had to pick any team that Carlos Beltran would probably go in, it would be the Mets. However, I wouldn't entirely discount the idea of him going in the Hall of Fame without any uh, logo on his cap either. Um, It's it's a tricky situation for me because while, yes, you know, Jack mentioned his best years definitely came with the Mets. If you really just isolate Carlos Beltran's career with the Mets, it isn't in and of itself a Hall of Fame resume. He spent, what, seven-ish years with them. He had some really good numbers in them, but still, you're not – Carlos Beltran isn't a Hall of Famer because of his exclusive time with the Mets. He's a Hall of Famer because he had a great overall career and most of – around. I wouldn't say most or majority of his time, if not a plurality came with the Mets. Um, so I wouldn't entirely say, especially because the MLB is the ultimate decider, even though sometimes they will discount what the players actual opinions on what they want their own caps to be. So I think it's a very interesting situation at the end of the day, if I had to pick, you know, gun against a wall, I'll probably pick the Mets, but I think the chances of him going in, uh, teamless are greater than you'd think. I think the key here, and maybe this is something we have to research into, I don't think the Mets retire Carlos Beltran's number, even if he goes into the Hall of Fame. And that's an interesting proposition. Has there ever been a player who's gone into the Hall of Fame with a team to not have his number retired by that team? I know that's probably going to take too much research for us to figure out right now. But with Carlos Beltran, the Mets have been very selective with their number retirements. They've recently sort of expanded upon that doing Willie Mays, doing Keith Hernandez and Jerry Kuzman and David Wright is probably a year or two away from getting that honor as well. But there's been no rumblings of Carlos Beltran, who's now been retired for five years. I don't see the Mets retiring Carlos Beltran's number, which means they don't associate him and the good times with the team that much, which makes it hard to think he could be a Hall of Famer as a Met. So we are going to end up this episode pretty much right here. One final prediction from you guys. Is Carlos Beltran inducted into the Hall of Fame in the first week of January, Jack? I'm going to say yes. I know last year the writers, um, David Ortiz, despite some step minor steroid allegations, um, you know, the, uh, the sample testing, the survey testing, not given the same kind of credence as Alex Rodriguez's uh, positive test, but nonetheless, he still tested positive. He still got the highest percent total uh, by, of any convicted steroid user by far. I think partially because then they wanted the pressure of voting someone in. The writers are going to. You have the guys who vote 10 people no matter what. There's going to be guys who don't want an empty stand. MLB wants a show. They want people to come see. And when they want their most qualified candidate by far to be voted in. So, yes, Carlos Beltran is going to be elected to the Hall of Fame. Harry? I'm going to say no. 
I think that the chances that Beltron ultimately gets in after a few years on the ballot are definitely much higher. But I think that, you know, as Jack mentioned, there are a lot of purists on the Hall of Fame committee. I think that could also be used against Beltron in that there are going to be a lot of people that don't necessarily think that a player of his caliber is worthy of uh, a first year uh, induction and, and will be a first time uh, will be inducted on his first time on the ballot. And there are probably going to be some guys that want him to have to sit, wait and sizzle uh, for a few extra years before ultimately giving them their prized vote. So I don't think he's going to get in this year. Well, of course, Harry, you just gave me the perfect way to plug our recent episode with Hall of Fame voter Bill Ballou. He gave his concepts of how he votes for the Hall of Fame, whether he thinks there should be a difference between a first year ballot versus a 10th year ballot how he goes around dealing with issues, the character clause, and everything to do with that. So if you haven't yet checked out our interview with Red Sox reporter since 1987, he remembers covering and watching the team back in the Bill Buckner 86 World Series from winning it all in 2004. That is definitely a great interview that we suggest you check out. I will end by saying, as I've said before on this podcast, it's going to be a great couple of months to be Carlos Beltran and then in the Beltran family. Not only will he be elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame, he will also be once again employed by the New York Mets organization by the time this offseason ends. Maybe that's when the Mets realize, hey, we have to adopt this guy into our organization because he's going into the Hall of Fame as a Met. So I'm going to say in the next couple of months, Carlos Beltran is not only a Hall of Famer, he's also back in the Mets organization, maybe a special advisor to the president or something in that role. But of course, we will be back. A great interview coming up for you guys on Friday with an MLB certified player agent. Have a great Thanksgiving. Lots of fun content coming out for you from Cider Tired on all of our socials, our Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Harry, Jack, anything else you guys want to throw in? All good nodding heads. All right. So till the next time, the side is retired.